This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by Medish Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, we are joined by Brent Suter. He is a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and has been there since 2016. He led Major League Baseball with 12 relief wins in the 2021 season. Uh, outside of baseball, Brent is a graduate of Harvard with a degree in environmental science and public policy. And he's also uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, he's married with, with two sons. And we talk about uh, his newest son that was just uh, born uh, recently. And, and then also, Brent is the author of a new book called The Binky bandit and so we're going to talk all about that with him as well so brent is one of the funniest guys uh that we've had on the show and just one of the funniest guys in sports and he does impersonations and so you may have seen him before he does jim carrey and mike myers and just a really funny guy and so i got him going a little bit i tried to jump in and funnier than i am but uh but he 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 and so he let us in on that a little bit it's one of those things when 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 i have a guest on who's known for something and, and does something all the time. You hate to, you hate to ask the guy, Hey, can you do that for me too? But in some ways, Hey, it's what he does. And I think he enjoys doing it. It's just like Frank Caliendo. Like when Frank is interviewing the other night, you gotta have, he's got to do impersonations. That's what, that, that's what you do. So with Brent, we, we wait a little bit in the interview. We talk about some serious stuff, some great stuff, really good uh, insight, faith wise wisdom, and uh and cool stuff so forgive us forgive us in advance uh for for some of the silliness but uh but it it was a good time so thanks so much to our presenting sponsor metashare and if you're looking for affordable reliable health care check out metashare today metashare.com slash unpacking it research it they you know they're willing to answer questions all those questions that you have uh about okay how does metashare work it's a unique setup but here's the, the bottom line. MediShare offers programs for every budget. And here's the cool thing, too. Members, on average, save 50% or more on their health care costs. And so regardless of being an individual or a family or a business owner or a ministry leader, there are options for you with MediShare. And so I just encourage you to explore what those options are, ask the questions, and, and go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And you can fill out the form uh, to get some details and and get a get a quote and 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 find out if it's the right fit for you and your family. So we appreciate MediShare and love having them a part of 
unpacking it. Stick around at the end of the interview. Uh, I'll have a couple takeaways. And so we'll get to that right after uh, our conversation with Brent Suter. Let's jump right in. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Brent Suter. We're going to talk baseball with him, but he's also the author of a new children's book coming out June 6th. It's called The Binky Bandit. And so excited to hear all about that. Brent has been a pitcher with the Brewers since 2016. He was drafted by them, went through the minor leagues, and and was brought up to the majors in 2016. He graduated from Harvard, and and so we'll we'll get into that with him as well today. Uh, but Brent is is with us in in Milwaukee today. Brent, great to see you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing awesome. And 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 we'll we'll talk baseball. We'll talk about the book. But first off, you're a, a, a dad of a of a new son, your second son. Yep. And and so how are you how are you feeling? How's the family doing? What what's the transition been like? Yeah, um it's been really great. Um my wife actually kicked me out of the bedroom to get some sleep for uh, baseball season, so uh she's been doing the brunt of the work um and she's doing a really really good job. Uh the baby's a really agreeable baby. Um uh, you know, he goes with the flow. He eats he's eating a ton, sleeping pretty well. Uh so he, it's been a blast and my favorite part was bringing him home and just seeing the interaction with my oldest son with him and just seeing the kind of the brother relationship grow. It's, it's been so, so cool. So uh, it's almost cooler than having the first, you know, it's just seeing that relationship grow. Absolutely. So how old's your older son? Three and a half. Okay, nice. So I have a, a 10 month old and an almost three year old, both girls. Oh, so, wow. awesome. so I've been watching the, uh, the transition as well uh, over the last few months. So yeah. it's, it's, it, it's wild. It's a wild uh, experience. And, and for you, this is right during the, the baseball season. And mm-hmm. I was actually surprised to see the paternity list. How do you end up on that? that that's pretty good. That, that worked out, huh? Yeah, you get three days. Uh, whenever you have a kid, you get three days on the paternity list. Um, kind of just paid leave. So uh, you go basically go to the hospital, have the baby. And by the time you're back from the hospital, normally you're getting back to baseball. So it's, uh, it's quick, but it's, I'm glad it's there. You know what I mean? I'm glad we have some days. Absolutely. Well, no, that that's awesome. And so, yeah. How are you able to kind of juggle the, the, the role of, of dad and, and, and knowing, Hey, it's back, it's back to work with, with baseball. I know a lot of us can, can relate to it, whatever the, the profession is. Uh, but for you as a, as a pitcher, how, how, how is that dynamic go for you? Yeah. Um, you just got to kind of compartmentalize or just like be dad at home and then try to be, you know, a pitcher at the field, uh, kind of be, you know, the best teammate you can be the first, I'll be honest though. The first couple of days were quite difficult. Uh, hmm. you know, I didn't have, we had Liam, our first son in the off season. So I never had it, had this experience during the season, but I got to the field that first day back and I was just like, it didn't feel right. You know I mean? I was just, I felt like I needed to be home helping. I felt like I, Wanted to spend time getting to know brand new baby. He was born a couple of days earlier, and uh, it, it was it was kind of a battle to get past that phase and and just get back to playing baseball and uh, you know loving my job again and all that stuff. But uh, eventually got there and uh, trying to 
trying to help other guys. We have some other dads who are to be on the team too. So I just want to, you know, help them through that. Cause there is a stage there where you're like, it's trippy. You're like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be at home kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well with that in mind, but then also just kind of in a general sense, we, we understand that, that pitchers, the mental game is, is so crucial. Yeah. So what is your, your process with that? Cause like when I think about the mental game, I think of golfers, kickers, pitchers, you know, needing it even more than than the average uh, the average athlete. But but what has your strategy been over the years, and and some of the things that that you've uh, learned and implemented, kind of through the mental aspect of of being a pitcher? For sure, um, I do meditation every day, uh, visualization every day. Um, I try to be the the key for me. Success in pitching is no mind, but in control. You know what I mean? So not no mind, like I'm just kind of blacking out out there, but no mind, like I'm in convicted with every pitch. Um, I'm, I'm as present as possible. So I really try to feel presence throughout the day. Um, I, you know, I pray that the, just the Holy spirit comes and just gives me presence, gives me like use, use me as kind of my prayer during my meditation is just use me, Holy spirit, use my hands, feet, my mouth, um, to you know, better your kingdom and just to, to glorify you. So that's, that's my big prayer every day. And going out there, I just, I go to my happy place. If I go like two bad pitches in a row, I do a little, sign that kind of reminds me of my happy place uh which is on the beach with my family and jesus you know i mean we're chilling on the beach it's great <laughs> that's <laughs> but, awesome uh, i just i just try to get relaxed and as present as possible out there uh and that's when i perform my best i love it the, the happy place that's uh an ode to, to happy gilmore so that's exactly. good i, I like exactly. it We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk, uh, movies and, uh, and characters in, in a little bit, of course, but we, we got to discuss the, the new book. So I, I read to my daughter every night and some nights it's, it's, Hey, one more book, one more, book no time for bed. Uh, but I enjoy it. It's, it's a, it's a real joy for me to, uh, to read to her. So I'm excited yeah. about the binky bandit. So mm-hmm. how did this, this book come about? And, and now you're a, a published children's author. So how, how exciting is that for you? Yeah, it's very exciting. It, it kind of a funny story how it came together. I wrote it a couple of years ago when I was reading some kids' books, and I was like, "Let me re- write something to make it a little more personal for Liam." And at the same time, our dog was just destroying about four or five binkies a day of Liam's, and so I thought hey, it'd be funny to write about. Um, so I wrote a story about it um, and how he kind of threw that alter ego to the side, that binky bandit alter ego, and uh, kind of made made up with his brother. Uh, and then I mentioned that in a Milwaukee Magazine article, just that I read that story to him at night and a publishing company reached out to me and said, hey, we want to read this story. So uh, I sent it to him and they said, hey, we want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. Got the illustrator, got the contract drawn up, a super, super easy process. And then we uh, basically a year and a half later, here we are launching in, in a couple of days. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a really easy, fun process. Not something I set out to do by any means, but it's been really great. And there's an environmental message to it too. So Wally realizes the plastic waste that he's doing is piling up in the seas and in trash trash piles and landfills in the world. So kind of turns his ways because of the family bonds and because of the planet, the care for the planet. So it's it's a fun book. I hope uh, hope kids like it. So far, the feedback has been positive, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> That is awesome. I, I love that. And what age group is it most designed for? Young kids uh, to probably up to 10 or 12 years old. I mean, this is about 500 word count. So it's not like a short, short book, but um, okay. there's great pictures there that l- little kids can enjoy and not too much vocabulary for like the you know four to six year olds. So I'd, I'd say one to one to 11, something like that. Okay. Oh, that's great. Well, that's a good, good range and yeah. get some longevity. Cause 
we, we rotate the books. So we got, you know, we'll yes. do some Dr. Seuss. We're, we're in the Curious George phase right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll add the Binky Bandit to the, to the rotation. So yeah. excited to do that and, and encourage people to, to check that out. The Binky Bandit, uh, you can buy it on, on Amazon and, um, and, and check that out. Well, uh, Brent, I want, I want to you know, hear a little bit more about your, your story and, and, and share that with our, with our audience. And you've already referred to you know, re- relying on the, on the Holy Spirit while you're, you're pitching. And, and so take us into the, the, the faith journey. And has that approach always been the case where, where you're relying on the Lord when, when you're pitching? Uh, and, and how has even your, your faith been incorporated into your uh your path on in in baseball yeah um so there was a transition probably in college when um i went from like lord help me through these trials of baseball i looked at baseball outings as like a trial to lord i i I want i need your strength like give me your strength but i'm going to go out there and glorify you you know i mean like i'm going to glorify you with you you the gifts you gave me and i'm gonna i'm gonna let those shine type thing so that was that was a big like kind of mental transition for me in, in college that helped performance and just helped my mentality of like, you know, like go get her rather than, you know, not be tentative or whatever, but go, you know, go make the pitch, go get the ball, like all that stuff. It changed, kind of changed my game. Uh, but yeah, I've been uh, going to church since I was a young kid. My, I was raised in a Catholic household. So we always uh, went to church, went to you know Bible school or uh, we call it PRP, but uh, knew about Jesus, but then uh, really that my relationship with him has, has blossomed this is probably the last 10 years, just uh, the everyday commitment um, still could be a lot better, but commitment to prayer and commitment to devotionals, uh, getting in the word. And so um, I look at my faith journey as it wasn't like a huge conversion story or anything like that. It's more of like a blossoming flower, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a, like a slow, slow motion blossoming flower. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better every day. Um, kind of like, kind of like baseball. You try to get 1% better every day. I just try to get 1% closer with the Lord every day, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and try to be more like him. Um, and so, yeah, I've been able to you know put away some intentional sins for sure. And just been able to get, get on the right path in a lot of ways, but still a lot of work to do. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Well, when I think about you going to, to Harvard, you know, my thought is, Oh, it's probably hard to be a Christian at, at Harvard. Is that true? What was your experience like especially being an athlete there were actually quite a few um christian pockets on campus and uh, quite a few of my teammates and athletes uh in the school in general were very very practicing christians so um there were definitely pockets of students i would say yeah in general the field the campus was more kind of agnostic trying to figure it out um but the uh Absolutely. There were pockets of really, really strong, some of the strongest Christians I've met, um, in fact. So it's been, that was really, really cool. That was a great surprise um, and something I really uh, took took some advantage of on campus. That's encouraging to hear. I went to Appalachian State, and I remember when I was there, people had their preconceived ideas of what that school was about. And I'm like, man, I found great community. I've got good Christian friends, and yeah. so you, you got you to gotta seek it out. So um, so that's, that's, that's cool to, to hear from, from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when you look back at, at maybe even throughout your, your baseball career, what have been some of the, the pivotal, uh, moments that your, your faith has been challenged and, and you feel like you really experienced growth, maybe even more than the, the, the 1% every day, but some of those, those yeah. real, you know, intense times where, where God's shown up and, and moved in your life in significant ways. 
Yeah, uh, there were probably two. One in 2018 when I had uh, I got hurt with Tommy John surgery and was was super bummed and sad about it. But there's this kind of like supernatural piece there and uh, was able to kind of take that into my rehab, rehab really well. And then the next year was just one of those magical years. I on my rehab assignments in the minor leagues, like just was pitching really well, came back to the major leagues and really helped us on the playoff push uh, in September that year. And got the pitch in the wild card game and all that stuff. So it was like really, really cool uh, recovery or like just that rehab process was like, I turned to really kind of sad or like step misstep or backstep in the career into a positive, uh, which is great. And then the next year was the kind of complete opposite. I had a decent year and then went into the playoffs game one and I was starting and I just could not throw a strike. Like it was like my, the talent to throw a strike just completely left. And I wasn't even nervous going in the game, but then out, out on the mound, I was like, it was the least fun I've ever had playing baseball. And I hmm. uh, was only able to go like an inning and two thirds. And uh, that really challenged me. Um, and it, it didn't handle it quite well at first. You know, I was like, there was just this like super sadness going on and then was able to, kind of just grow through that uh, my faith definitely helped pull me out of that my family and friends for sure and then I just got better you know what I mean I just said I'm going to get better in all ways from from here on, on out so uh, I was able to kind of bounce back last year with a, a much better year and then um, here we are this year trying to grind through it again it's kind of like every other you know? so, yeah uh, trying to uh, get through the kind of the game just pressing on me so um, but it's it's faith the faith uh, my faith really helps me kind of stay as centered as possible during the ups and downs. I love it. Very cool. And and you mentioned, you know, wanting to pitch for the glory of God and, and for all of us, you know, do everything for the glory of God, eat and drink and, and whatever mm-hmm. we do. Uh, so how has that played out for you and, and, and your understanding of, of bringing glory to God as a baseball pitcher? like I said before, the the gifts he gave me to throw a baseball and get people out, like that's a gift that I didn't deserve or I didn't earn. Like that's just a gift from him. But what I do with that gift is my gift back to him. So I view every time I step on the mound or every time I'm doing any kind of work for uh, baseball or just, you know, stepping in the unknown, which is every outing, you, you don't know what will happen every outing, but you just the courage to do that. And I look at that as uh, trying to make God proud and trying to glorify him. And uh, so that it's kind of a, a, a way here on earth that I can uh, bring him glory. And I want to, I want to do that. Uh, do I always do that? Like the other day, the camera caught me on, or the camera caught me saying, you know, stuff in my glove. Don't want to, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't happy thoughts. It was anger, <laughs> a little yeah. anger. So yeah, uh, definitely don't always, uh, you know, it's not always glorifying and <clears throat> I'm not perfect by any means, but uh, I try to go out there and give my all for him. Amen. I'm right. I'm right there with you. That's uh, that's part part of the journey. The uh, there there those those moments. Unfortunately for you, the cameras the cameras always on when you're out on the mound. Catch everyone. So, they catch everyone. They they got you. They know what's <laughs> going on. Well, so I'm always fascinated with the 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 minor leagues and 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 having friend a good friend of mine was in the minors, never made it to Major League Baseball, but but for you, you did. Then on a on an injury assignment, going back down. How different was your your experience and approach on the way up to then you know take going back down and experiencing it again and then kind of knowing or expecting well I'll, I'll be back up again how how did that turn out it, it, yeah you know what it was really interesting I've never really been asked that before but it was really interesting going kind of 
I still felt like one of the guys when I was down there, but I felt like I was kind of this, like, I don't know what it was, but like this kind of tour guide or something. When I came back, I was just trying to take care of the guys, like make sure everyone was good, you know, bought some spreads, all that stuff. I tried to hang out with them, um, you know, build a relationship as much as possible in the week's time or whatever I had with each team. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a weird sense of like, I felt like I went from the kid to the adult or like from one of the, the, the students to the teacher. It was like really an interesting dynamic. And I've, like I said, I've never been asked that before, but that was really cool dynamic and not in a domineering way by any means, but just like, I kind of just felt like an elder, you know, because it had been a couple of years since I'd even been in the minor league park. And so to go back there, um, it just, it was really, really cool. And I enjoyed really, I enjoyed every second of it. Oh, that's neat. And what do you wish you knew the first time around or, or what maybe even advice were you given the guys that you wish just your approach and perspective uh, being in the minors? A lot of answers there. Uh, one, one thing I try to tell guys is the pitches in the big league level, like it's the same game, right? It's the same game. XQ pitches, get people out, get ahead, stay ahead. Physical toll it takes on your arm is something that I didn't realize until probably a couple months in. And by that point, I was kind of already dealing with some rotator cuff or like really a year in. So I needed to up my arm care program and I needed to up my recovery. So get on top of recovery via like doing cardio immediately after outings, doing arm care at least twice a week hard. You know what I mean? Doing a bunch of like Mark Crow or like STEM or uh, BFR, they call it, where you kind of just it's a blood pressure thing where you basically are keeping your arm really tight for five minutes on and off and uh, just stuff like that to get ahead of the recovery because stuff just takes that much more out of you in the big leagues. Um, but on the, on the mental side, it was just that much more commitment to the mental game. You know what I mean? Cause stuff is going crazy. You know what I mean? Like fans are going nuts. There's another deck TV, you know, you're on TV, all that stuff. So it's, it's a lot more intense, but just to say whatever's going around and out here, it doesn't matter because I'm on this mound and I'm, present and i'm executing pitches you know what i mean I, that's all i need to do that's my job execute pitches make pitches so uh the, i would say those two things would be the, the main things i'd tell guys yeah that, that's fascinating so what about the the lifestyle of a major league baseball player meaning the schedule and, and the day-to-day and and the amount of downtime what what aspects do you love about man the the, <laughs> the life of a baseball player and and what are the the, the toughest parts a, a about that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we're kind of in the, one of those stretches of the toughest parts right now. We got three, 10 game road trips kind of consecutively here. So, um, that's leaving the family is the toughest part, uh, for sure. Um, but th- it's also when they can come on the trips, like my family just came down to Chicago, they'll be in Cincinnati cause that's their hometown. So they'll be there for that. And those are kind of the fun trips where you get to explore, you know, go out on the road together and, explore and everything um so but leaving the family is the hardest part best part is just you know you're always you just travel around the country playing ball with your best friends you know what i mean <laughs> it's awesome you know what i mean it's you're playing a game for a living um you're you know you don't have to worry about much off off the field because you know got people are taking care of your, this that that you know this that and uh you just kind of go out and play around the country in great cities, great stadiums with your best friends. And it's, it's a blast, man. That's, that's fun. What a, what a cool perspective from a, from a, a spiritual standpoint and, and growing in your faith. How, how is that structured from a, you know, day to day, not only your personal time, but also the interaction with, with teammates and, and having that, 
you know, the fellowship and accountability mm-hmm. in, a, in a regular way. What, what's been your strategy with that? Yeah. Um, so we have a team chaplain here at home that does a great job. Uh, chapel services every Sunday uh, that I, I don't miss. And then uh, Tuesday Bible study. We got you know Tuesday afternoon Bible study with guys, um, usually a group of like three to six of us who are in there. You know, we're accountability partners with every, everything. And we you know, pray, pray on the word, pray for each other during that hour time. It's a really special time. Um, and then honestly, our, our clubhouse does a really good job of just having hard conversations with each other and opening up and then, you know, having accountability for things guys uh, are struggling with. And uh, it's, it's really, it's a special thing we have going on. It's taken off a little bit more this year too, where we're just like accountability partners for each other, whether it's be, uh, you know, the mental battle with the game or some type of, you know, temptations or something like that, like that we do, uh, we do a really good job. And that's really cool uh, because now we feel like a, a group of just like, you know, Christian, you know, like we're bonding with that Christian mindset and we're just like rolling in the country together, like battling through this stuff with Jesus, you know, it's cool. So uh, that's been really, really cool. That is really excellent. Gosh, I love that. Well, from a, from a personal standpoint, you mentioned, you know, the the daily reading and devotions and and that sort of thing. Uh, What have you been uh, focused on, on lately? What, what are some things that have bubbled up that, that God's really, you know, putting on your heart or, or things that, that are really, you know, jumping out to you when you do spend time with them and, and when you spend time reading and, and studying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going through the gospel of Mark right now. Uh, cool. So basically it's, it's one of those gospels that's just like, you know, it hits you immediately. Jesus did immediately. Jesus did. Uh, and what's, what's striking us is the just the absolute action like Jesus took, like he wasn't, he had the prayer. He he prepared his ministry. You know, I mean, he, would, he gave time to God, but then he was a man of action. You know what I mean? And so we're we're really trying to implement that into our lives, our accountability group. We're trying to really say, okay, we're men of action. If we find a moment where we can help a teammate, pick a teammate up, or help a fan, or help see somebody in need on the street or something, we're men of action. You know, mm. so we're we're going to it. Um, we're not you know waiting around or letting the moment pass us by. We're using like as long as, you know, the Holy Spirit's convicting us and we're, you know, we're in that good mindset, you know, we're, we're, we're in that light, we are men of action. So that's, that's been something we're kind of focusing on right now. And we're seeing it play out. Um, you know, we're seeing it play out with our interactions with teammates and with fans and community. So, um, just got to keep it going, but that kind of that mindset of just action, like Jesus, Jesus did, you know what I mean? He lived it. He was not just, just saying stuff like he he walked the walk absolutely men of action that's cool that's great actually what was on my heart this morning was cast the net cast the net so that's yeah. what that's what we can do like go put on the other side cast the net and then you know jesus filled it with fish and yeah. by his power and miraculous power and so um i love that men of action that's the you know we take the steps god shows up holy spirit leads and guides uh man that's encouraging that's uh mm-hmm. that's really neat well, we, we've talked uh, serious topics, fatherhood, and, of course, walking with Jesus. And I also know you're a, a silly guy, a fun guy. I, I, I'm that way as well. Uh, not everybody gets to see that side of me, but it seems like you, uh, you allow people into, uh, into that side of who you are. Um, right. And so uh, my first question is, you know, where, when did you realize, okay, I can do impersonations? And when did you kind of get the confidence to say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going for it. Uh, you know, so I, I did Jim Carrey probably since I was like four years old. I would love, 
no, you know, love the mass, love Ace Ventura, you know, you know, you know, you can poke somebody's eye out with that thing, you know, stuff like that. So I would do that. And then uh, I got to the minor leagues and we had, I had a teammate named Tim Dillard who yeah, was the best, of, oh, he was the best impersonator I've ever seen. And he would just do these things. And I ended up kind of just like imitating his imitations, you know, like we had this pitching coach, Fred Dabney. We talk like this. What are you, real cowboy? You know all that stuff, and I would just imitate his imitations and get some chuckles. So I kind of just kept doing it, and then I would find some other characters I really like doing. Um, you know, the Austin Powers, like good baby, very good. You know, <laughs> She's a mad man. Yeah. So Tim Dillon was really an inspiration for me to like really branch out my impersonation. But um, I've I've loved impersonating people just here and there growing up and then uh kind of took off in the minor leagues a little bit that that's cool so are, are, is there anybody that you're working on right now or you're, you're trying i've never i i went public with it a couple of weeks ago with like the matt foley like my name is matt foley and i am a motivational speaker now you kids are probably asking yourself hey Matt, how do i get back on the right track you know all that stuff so the, uh chris farley as a yeah i love chris yeah oh that's but, that's great. Well, yeah. yeah, we're about the same age, so we we're similar uh, by movie taste grow, growing up. Uh, right. But the Jim the Jim Carrey strong. Uh, oh, I also saw you do uh, Harry Carey. That's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, hey everybody, said, welcome to Cubs baseball. The Cubs are out here working hard, running around. It's not like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fun. What is your uh what does your son Liam think of your impressions? Loves loves them. Loves the Jim Carrey, loves the Austin Powers uh big time. And he's a big Austin Powers. And then when I had that interview on a movie network where I did the Matt Foley, he wa- he wanted to watch it. He watched it like 15 times in a row, my impersonation <laughs> part. Like he loves he loves it. So uh that that helps me get away a little bit more with uh you know annoying my wife if I ever annoy her. <laughs> I can say, that- hey Liam loves it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What's her, what's her take on, on the impressions? She, I mean, she, she respects it. No doubt. Um, she's just not a huge, like as big a Jim Carrey fan as me. So, uh, yeah. she, she definitely like once could hear it a couple of times and then she, she's all set type thing. <laughs> That's funny. So as I've matured as a, a follower of Jesus, I don't watch the same movies that I used to growing up, but I can't help some of the you know, the, the lines that I still remember the movie oh. scenes that, that just are, they're embedded into my, uh, language, I guess. And just yeah. the, uh, you know, things that trigger. And so even as a dad, I'll be saying things to my, my daughter and it'll just be a, a one liner that just fits the, the, the line. Um, yeah. like, but well, for one, my daughter's always asking, uh, you know, get me out of my, my, my seat. And so I go back to happy Gilmore. Get me out of here, Mister 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 Mister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. So it's it's fun. But what what's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? I guess is where I was going with that. Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls, for sure. Um, over. It's, it's one of those rare cases. The sequel I thought was better than the first one, and just so many funny scenes. So many that Monopoly guy scene. Oh my gosh! And you know, there's just incredible, incredible scenes all over the place in that movie. So that's my that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. And so what's the line from that movie then? What what, what do you do the most um, with the person? I mean, like the Monopoly guy, like, you must be the Monopoly guy. Thank you. <laughs> but I painted myself in autumn, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, it's a little hot in this rhino. Yeah, like every time it's warm out, I pull out like, oh, it's a little hot in this rhino. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> what, what about liar, liar? What's the, what's the line from that one? 
my teammate and I, Dan Vobog, we loved, for some reason, we loved this, the line, I love my son. I love my son. You know what I mean? But, uh, and then when I, when I'm ever, I mess up as a dad, like, I'm a bad father. I'm yeah. a bad father. You know, it's not really a funny line, but it just got to, it fits. I love that movie a lot, by the way. <laughs> that line is up there, too. Yeah. The scene in the bathroom where he's oh. beating himself up. That, I mean, that's, that's pretty legendary. Yes. So, I'm not yeah. sure there's a line, a line, a good line in there, but yeah, it's yeah, it's just it has a, a bad word, but I'm oh. kicking my butt. Do you mind? <laughs> right. You know, oh, that's tremendous. I, I I love it. Um, well, well, last thing we'll we'll end on on uh, we'll talk. We haven't even talked much much actual uh, baseball. Uh, but the 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 season for for the Brewers so far, you guys are leading the division. Uh, so so off to a a good start. How's team morale? What's the What's kind of the, the the attitude and mindset for uh, for the season so far? Yeah, uh, we're in a pretty good spot. Um, guys are getting pretty banged up here. We got a, we've had a tough stretch, like you know, fifteen games in fourteen days or some really crazy stretch here. Um, and we got four more before an off day, so we got some guys that went to the IL. We got uh, some guys who are trying to come back from injury, trying to grind through some you know minor things. So uh, we're a little banged up on the physical side, but mentally. Guys are strong, um, you know, our energy's strong, so we're we're getting through it um, and really uh, enjoying each other's company for sure, and uh, still still growing. But yeah, we uh, we're playing well so far. Uh, we just need to keep it up. We know it's this division's going to be a dogfight. You know, the Cardinals are a good team too, so we just want to uh, you know get get after it every day that we possibly can. But um, yeah, we it's it's so far it's been you know. We're, there's some adversity and we got guys stepping up and filling holes, filling roles and holes and stuff like that. So it's been, uh, it's been a special kind of Brazilian group so far. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Well, gosh, keep up the great work. We'll be pulling for you and encourage everybody to check out the Binky Bandit, uh, a new children's book by Brent Suter. And uh, you can find it on, on Amazon. And uh, I can't wait to, to, to read it to little Maddie. So we'll, we'll have some fun with it, but thanks for being a good sport. And thanks for uh, sharing your heart and having a little fun with us as, as well. So uh, we really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Really, really had fun. A- absolutely. Well, there is Brent Suter, uh, Brewers pitcher joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the unpacking it podcast, sharing the personal side of sports. This is unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. Oh man, that was fun. That was cool. That was uh that was a, a really cool interview. And I hope you uh, had as much fun with it. I can do some impersonations, but I pro- I'm just not quite good enough. At least Maddie, Matt, my, my daughter can can laugh at me a little bit. Uh, so I'll keep working on him. But uh, but he's got him down. He's got he's got that Jim Carrey down pat. That's strong, really, really strong. You know, the the, co- the conversation about the glory of God is always a great one. And we had Brian Smith on. Uh, maybe last month, talking about it in a real in-depth way. So you can listen to that interview about the glory of God and how athletes can actually understand that, live that out. And, and so all of us, I think, should consider that, okay, how do I do everything for the glory of God? How does it bring him glory, point to him uh, in view of his greatness, in view of his weight and power? I'm going to live tapping into his power and strength. Uh, allowing him to shine through me. And, and so whether it's somebody on the pitching mound doing that, 
and 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 him admitting, hey, I, I I screw up sometimes. I say something I shouldn't say, and I respond the wrong way you know, to a bad pitch, and respond to the pressure the wrong way. We can, is our heart desiring? Okay, God, how can I bring you glory in the mundane? Washing dishes, eating, drinking, living, uh, and and playing baseball or doing this show. How do we to him and 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 build his his kingdom and, and encourage his people and um, those that, that don't know him living in a way that, that, that people want to know him because of how, how we, we live and that, that, that glory. Oh, God's yeah. That, wow. That person lives for God's glory. And, and so they might not be able to articulate that, uh, but representing that. And so it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to uh, articulate always. It's, it's, it's a big topic, but um but I appreciate Brent's desire to be a pitcher who, who brings God glory. And it's not always winning or losing strikes or balls. It's how we respond. It's, it's how we treat people. It's how we, it's how we love um, and how we obey, how we obey God's, God's word and his, his plan and direction for our lives. And, and then the other big takeaway, being men of action and, and Brent of action and doing that with his teammates and, and looking for opportunities to help and serve and, uh, and, and be a light and bring God glory. And, and so that's a, that's a great encouragement to me as well. And I mentioned it in the interview, but thinking about the, this concept in the Bible, the, the disciples are fishing all day. They're not catching anything. And Jesus tells them, Hey, throw the net on the other side. And they're thinking, are you kidding me? We haven't, we haven't caught anything all day. Like that, what, what, what are you talking about? But, but they, they do it. And then they catch more fish than they can dream of. And, and so we just need to be obedient, cast the net, cast the net, do the action that the, Jesus is telling us to do, trust him with the results, trust him with the fish. He'll bring the fish. He'll, 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 fill, he'll fill the net as he sees fit. And, and so I, I just love that, that concept, but, but it goes back to action. It's, we, have, we still have to cast the net, and we still have to be men of action. Um, my, my word for the year, execution. At the start of this year, that was the word that bubbled up for me. I want to execute. I don't want to just be somebody that talks about things or talks about primes about things without executing on the next steps and, and, and solutions and being a man of action, casting the net. So how does that play out for, for your own life? In what ways do you need to cast the net? You know, look to Jesus for that, that answer. Okay, you, you've been fishing over here. Try, try it over here. Or try it again this time with me involved. <laughs> right? A lot of times we'll cast the net. We're just doing it ourselves. We're not asking Jesus to be a part of it, or we're not listening to him or relying on him. We're just doing it ourselves. Woo. That'll, that'll preach. As they say, that'll preach. That's a good message. I've, I've, I've heard it before. It's not my, it's not an original message. It's from, you know, from the Bible, but that's a, that's a good, that's a good sermon, a good message to, uh, to remind ourselves of cast the net and, and don't do it on our, in our own strength, our own abilities, be men of action, following Jesus, him leading the way, him, He's the one with with the commands, and and instead of us, hey, I'm going to do this. All right, God, can you can you bless me because I'm I'm going to do it my way, but I but I still I want you to bless it. No, He gives the direction. Hey, cast the net over on that side. Okay, great, and then He blesses the. So uh, so that's that's a good that's a good concept to to really uh, unpack. So encourage you to to think about that a little bit further. All right, well there you go, Brent Suter. Gosh, fun fun time. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Thanks for listening to the Unpacking a Podcast presented by MediShare. 
I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.